With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. The NFL is just around the corner. As a matter of fact, it's tomorrow. And so we're going to continue our NFL preview by talking the NFC and AFC West divisions. And we're also going to give you our Super Bowl picks and give you our pick six picks for this week. We'll talk some college football as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com, get your jerky there. Use the code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. What a deal right there at RighteousFelon.com. You can also find it in some gas stations, Pilots and Flying Jays, but you don't get the 15% off. So go online, use the code BELLYUP, get that 15% off. Uh, you will not regret it. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good, boy. We're into football season now, and of course, the NFL starting, and just so much going on. So exciting to talk football tonight. It is, uh, of course, Saturday. Uh, a lot of college football was going on. Uh, I made it up to Cincinnati for a game to watch EKU uh, just barely get beat by Cincinnati, sixty-six to thirteen. Uh, but had a great time uh, there, and uh, looking forward to a continued. Uh, college football this weekend, but the NFL is here as well, and it kicks off tomorrow with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions. Um, I'm not going to lie, that Detroit Lions kind of gets me a little less excited, but nonetheless still excited that football is upon us, and uh, so looking forward to that today. And we are got all kinds of things to cover when it comes to uh, the NFL, when it comes to college football, all those kinds of things. And so we're going to dive right in. And we're going to start with college football and talk briefly about the things that happened this weekend. Uh, we need to start with, we won't spend a lot of time on it, but we need to start with Colorado and TCU and uh, the the you know, Colorado upsetting TCU. And then everybody's saying, I want, I'm not that surprised. Um, I I am. I didn't know what to expect from the get-go. and uh, But Colorado looked tough offensively. They also gave up a whole bunch of points, but uh, nonetheless, 
what are your thoughts on uh, Prime's first uh, first game in the uh, what Big Twelve? Is that what Colorado's in? Uh, yes. uh, yeah. So uh, uh, I get confused with all these conferences. Doesn't matter. Colorado, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it was. Um, I was surprised again because TCU is a really good team, and um, but you know, again, I think Colorado is going to be good. There was a lot of uncertainty because I think you know there's never been a team with this much turnover. Um, you know, in college football in a long time. Of course, again, you know, Dion knows talent, and I, I know he's – I'm sure he's got great assistant coaches and uh, definitely had him ready to play. Um, he's always going to have him emotionally ready to play. It'll be interesting to see. Um, of course, they got a, a game this week with Nebraska, and uh, that'll be interesting to see if they can keep things going. But um, yeah, that was a that that was a big upset, no doubt about it. But they did look good. Are you pro Deion Sanders or anti Deion Sanders? Um, I think I'd be pro Deion Sanders. I definitely wouldn't be anti. Um, again, you know, I don't know, but I like the system now. But he's playing the system the way it is. Um, that's what the rules are. Uh, you have the transfer portal and. Um, that, you know, that, that's what they have. Um, so I think he'll always be able to motivate players. Again, I hope, you know, we've talked about it. I hope they can get a transfer portal and things like that under control and get some regulation in a year or so. But, um, no, I wouldn't be anti-Dion at all, I don't think. Yeah, I struggle with this because I really don't like what Dion did when he came in, I don't like the idea of him shipping off. He, he has 80 transfers on his roster. Um, he created so much room on that roster by just kicking guys to the curb. I'm not even giving him a chance. Um, I, I don't think he even watched film of Colorado when he took the job. I think he just came in and he's got, I'm going to bring in my guys. I got my own luggage. I'm bringing it with me. And I really didn't like that. I, I don't mind bringing in transfers. I just don't understand why you don't even give a guy a shot. And I felt like that's what he did with Colorado. That being said, I find him incredibly entertaining. Um, I think his son is an incredible talent. Obviously, uh, this Travis Hunter is an incredible talent. Uh, I, I'm for that aspect of it. But I also think we're rewarding bad behavior. And that just, man, that sits that does not sit well with me. That being said, I'm not anti Deion Sanders either. Um, I'm just, I don't know, I guess disappointed in some of the stuff that he did, some of the things that he said, how he's acted in some ways, but it is entertaining. It's fun to watch and it's good for Colorado. I mean, they're going to, they're going to get all the publicity in the world now and dad, they can beat Nebraska. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. So they might start the year two and oh, going into it, which will be interesting. Uh, my problem is I do get, I get this way with anything in sports when everybody just fawns over something. It's the LeBron thing. It's the Dallas Cowboy thing. It's like, can we just say what it is? It's not wrong to talk about it, but why do we have to fawn over Colorado and Dion? I don't get that. But anyways, uh, an entertaining game, 45-42 over TCU. Colorado's got the offense. I don't know if they got the defense once they get into the heart of things, but uh, they're going to put up points. And again, Shadier Sanders, the quarterback, Dion's son, looks solid. Uh, as well. So uh, they got potential to, you know, maybe get that over that we talked about earlier this year. Um, let's talk about Oklahoma real quick, 73 to nothing. So I tweeted out 
that Coach Venables was taking out some frustration on somebody and it ended up being Arkansas State. I don't think he had anything against Arkansas State, but I think he wanted to prove something. And 73 to nothing, I'm not sure what it proved, but Oklahoma often running against an easy opponent to start the year. Uh, it'll get harder, of course, as the year goes on. Uh, but we got a lot of Sooner fans that watch this program. So I wanted to give a shout out to Venables. Um, I like him. And honestly, Dad, is Venables, was he what held Clemson together? I mean, he's been gone now for this is the second year, and Clemson lost to Duke. Um, I mean, you know, and they lost their offense coordinator too, but he's at Virginia, hasn't done anything. Maybe Venables is what held Clemson together all those years. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, they always talked about Dabo had great assistance and he kept them for many, many years. And I think that helped as far as continuity was concerned. Um, no doubt about it. I don't know that that would be, um, and I don't know how much demise Clemson's going to have, but boy, they did get upset this week. No doubt about it. Um, again, I do hope Venable does well there at OU and uh, sure looks like you know, he's off to a good start. Um, I texted our Sooner friend, and he said, yes, Boomer Sooner, but it is early. <laughs> and it is. So, but um, Cautiously yeah. optimistic, yeah. Off to a great start. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about Duke and Clemson. I didn't watch the game uh, on Monday night, but uh, I, I woke up Tuesday morning in shock, honestly. I, when I went to bed, Clemson was winning. And uh, they still, I thought it was like, man, they've only put up a touchdown. That's kind of strange, uh, considering that Cade's supposed to be this great quarterback. But uh, I don't. Is it is it that Duke's that good? Clemson's that bad? Or we overrated Clemson and underrated Duke? Maybe neither one of them's great. Well, I didn't stay up for the whole game either. But the first part I watched, I kept thinking, man, Duke Duke's really good. Um, I mean, they they really executed well. Of course, they had you know the fans there, which is different for Duke football, but uh, just their execution. I mean, they were really executing well from what I saw uh, at the first part of the game. So I think they're a solid team. I know in our preview, I think you said you thought Duke was going to be maybe better uh, this year. And um, it, it looks like they will definitely be very competitive in the ACC, no doubt about it. Cause I think, um, barring injury, you know, they, they look very solid. Yeah. I mean, Riley Leonard, the quarterback, he is, uh, uh he wasn't spectacular through the air, um, but he was very good on the, uh, on the grounds, 98 yards and a touchdown at 175 yards passing. Yeah. I had Duke as an over six wins on the season. Um, they were nine and four last year. So I really thought that they had a chance to you know, get close to that nine wins. I think what I said was seven or eight wins, uh, but nonetheless, um, they return a lot of guys on defense as well. But Clemson, this is not a game Clemson should have lost, and um, and that kind of hurts my preseason predictions, uh, no doubt. Uh, and then let's uh, LSU and Florida State. It was kind of the big game of the weekend, Sunday night, um, the Camping World kickoff, Florida State. They just might be back, 45-24 to 24 over LSU. And, of course, both of these teams have been hyped coming into this season. Uh, but Jordan Trash, four touchdowns, the quarterback for Florida State, 342 yards, and he kind of led the way. Two receivers over 100 yards. Keon Coleman had three of those four touchdown catches. 
LSU, on the other hand, uh, Jaden Daniels, the quarterback there, 346 yards, but a touchdown, only one, and an interception. Brian Thomas Jr., the receiver that went off seven catches, 142 yards and a touchdown. They couldn't really get the run game going, of course, when you play from behind. It makes it a little harder to do that as well. Any thoughts on Florida State or LSU? Um, well, like I said, Florida State, um, that a big win for them, and I think you're right. They could be they could be back, and it will be very interesting with Clemson to see if they can um, rebound here, and it looks like there are several good teams in the conference, so they're going to need to. But uh, Florida State, you know, has always had a great tradition, and this was a big win against LSU. Um, so, I, again, I think they could be back. Uh, our friend Kevin Wilson, who joins me on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, he's a Clemson fan, uh, and uh, he's a little heartbroken. Uh, Clemson's season is over in one game because Clemson, you cannot lose to Duke. Um, let's calm down, Kev. It's okay. Just give it some time. Let it breathe. Um, but <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And then we also had a comment. Thanks for tuning in, Morgan. Man, uh, his podcast through Belly Up Sports. He's an Atlanta guy. I'm uh, excited about the, the professional football season to kick off. But as always, he says he's super pumped for the Falcons, but for the dogs, excited to see them hopefully three-peat. And the dogs had no problem in week one, and they will not have a problem in week two either because they're playing Ball State, uh, Georgia, 42-point favorite. When you look at this week's slate of games in college football, there are a couple that should be good and fun to watch. The one the obvious ones, Alabama and Texas. Alabama, a seven-point favorite in this game. Uh, Texas is a team that I'm pretty high on this year, and I think this is a game I predicted they win this game. Um, but Alabama's seven-point favorite. We'll see how that one shakes out. Dad, I know you got some games you're excited for coming up this week. Well, a couple, a couple big games. One would be Iowa, Iowa State. Um, that's always a big rivalry game, and I think for both of those teams, it'll be a big game. And then, um, interested Notre Dame's out to a good start, and they play NC State, and I think that'll be an interesting game to watch too. And there's a few other good ones um, along with that, but those are ones that kind of caught my eye. There's two games that are uh, two ranked opponents. Uh, the first one, as we already mentioned, Alabama and Texas. The other one is Tulane and Ole Miss. Ole yeah. Miss is seven and a half point favorite in that game. Um, I have not watched a Tulane football game maybe ever in my life, so I'm not going to comment on how that one's going to shake out uh, right now. Uh, Tennessee uh, started off with a big win. They play Austin P this week. Should be no problem there either. Uh, it's been a long time since Tennessee has consistently been in the top ten. They are ranked number nine right now. Dad, anything else about college football before we transition to the NFL? No, like I said, there were there was teams that did well but didn't play a lot of competition. So we'll see how it goes, uh, especially in a couple of weeks when they get into conference play. All right, very good. We've been previewing the NFL. We've done every every division except for the West. So we're going to do that. Then we're going to give you Super Bowl picks and playoff picks, and then. After that's all said and done, we're going to talk about each game, get into our pick six for this week. So let's start uh, with the uh, Denver Broncos in the AFC West. New head football coach, Sean Payton is there. Joe Lombardi in as the OC. Vance Joseph in as the defensive coordinator. Uh, it all comes down to Russell Wilson this year. Does he get back to form with Sean Payton as his coach, or does he look like he did last year? 
I tend to think he's going to look a whole lot better this year. Um, he's got decent weapons, Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton. They drafted Marvin Mims in the second round. They've had some injury issues already at wide receiver, so we'll see how that all shakes out. They bring in Adam Troutman from New Orleans. Of course, uh, Coach uh, knows him well from his time with the Saints. I really like Greg Dolchich, the backup. He's listed as the backup tight end right now. I think he's going to have a decent year as well. Defensively is kind of the question mark, I think, in Denver, although with a good defensive coordinator, a lot of good things can come from it. Randy Gregory, uh, formerly from Dallas, is there. Um, Patrick Sertain, the second uh, first-round pick in 2021, an important piece of that secondary as well. Uh, Dad, Denver's an interesting team. They've been down. Uh, quarterback was the issue for a long time. They bring in Russell Wilson. They think everything's fixed. And then your guy, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, he just uh, uh, blows up Denver. I mean, it's not it's not pretty at all. Sean Payton comes in, though. And uh, I, think, I think we're going to see a pretty decent uptick in Denver this year. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Sean Payton, of course, is a great coach. I do think Russell Wilson will be better. I hope that he is. Hope he can finish out, you know, on a high note, um, in his career, but, um, I don't know. It may take a year or two for, you know, they, they were really down there. And, um, I don't think just, I think from a fan standpoint, you know, it's easy to say, Oh, Sean Payton, and we got a great coach. Everything's okay. Well, um, it may take a little longer. I think they should be headed in the right direction, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're at Kansas City level, but I think they're at the Vegas level or above, and I think they're pretty darn close to the Charger level as well. Uh, we'll see. The win total is at 8.5 for Denver. I'm going to go over. I, I'm really in on Denver this year, and uh, I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think they're going to get that 9 or 10 wins this year. Uh, over under 8.5 for Denver. I'll go under eight and a half. I think be more like seven. Again, I, I just don't see them um, with a, you know, turning it totally around this year, even though I think they should be headed in the right direction. But um, I, I feel more comfortable with going under seven or eight. All right. Uh, comfortable. That's one way to go. Um, you can always be comfortable or you can be right. One of the two. Uh, so we're going to go on to Kansas City. Uh, Andy Reid, one of our favorite coaches in the league, Matt Nagy. Uh, the OC, Steve Spagnola, still there at the defensive coordinator position. Of course, you got Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, injured, doubtful for this week. Uh, may not play this the opening day. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the surprising seventh-round pick at running back. Interesting receiver group. I really don't like the receiver group here. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I've always felt has been disappointing. Kadarius Toney, disappointing. Sky Moore, we'll see. Second-round pick last year might be good uh, there. But, of course, Mahomes is going to play well no matter who's out there. They've got a really solid O-line as well. Defensively, they got a holdout going on right now, uh, which could be a problem for them. Uh, it's an important piece, Chris Jones. Uh, outside of that, it's a average to possibly above-average defense, uh, and that's always going to be the scary thing in Kansas City. They do play in a division that isn't known as, a, as being strong. That being said, I still think they're the top of the division. The win total is at 11 and a half. And I'll tell you what, Dad, that's a hard number for me because I think it's 11 or 12 is the number that I kind of have in my mind. Um, I could probably just go with, with the expectation and say over for Kansas City. But nonetheless, um, 
that's a scary number for me. How do you sit with Kansas City this year? What do you think about they're going to look like? Yeah, I think it's really um, it's a little bit of a high number too. But like I said, probably the safe thing is to go um, go over. So I think they can get to twelve, but um, it, it could be close right around there. So Kansas City, you know, should get off to a good start um, tomorrow night. But like I said, they need to get Chris Jones signed. And um, Kelsey, I don't know how serious it is. I think he was listed as questionable, um, not doubtful. At least I saw that a little bit ago. I think, um, but I, I, he may not play tomorrow night. So we will. But he, he'll have some extra days before the next game. Uh, if if he's listed as questionable, then my sources have lied to me, and that's my kids. So um, that's very possible. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, uh, one of them has him on a fantasy team, and. Um, yeah, he said he was doubtful. Anyways, uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, it matters for this week. No doubt about that though. The Los Angeles chargers are next. This is a team that constantly underperforms. Uh, Brandon Staley's still the coach. They do have a new offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore who comes over from Dallas, a really intriguing offense. Justin Herbert, your quarterback, Austin Eckler at running back. And I love the wide receiver group in, in Los Angeles. Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, and the rookie Quentin Johnson. Um, I'm not going to reveal my source on this one, but someone that I uh, enjoy listening to and trust uh, said Quentin Johnson is a guy that will be doing a lot of damage this year in L.A. And uh, so we'll see how that one shakes out. Defensively, they should be loaded. But again, they underperform um, many times over. Khalil Mack, of course, is there. Joey Bosa is there. Derwin James is there, even though he has injury issues. Asante Samuel Jr. is there. This should be a team that should be really good. The win total is at nine and a half. But, Dad, this team, if there's a team in the NFL you cannot trust, it's the Chargers. How do you feel about the Chargers this year? Um, I've always been more positive on the Chargers, and I think they'll rebound this year. I think with Heber or the quarterback, I think um, – I, I think this will be a year when they kind of get it all together, and uh, I'll go over nine and a half. I think Chargers will have a good year. I mean, for me, it's any time that I pick the Chargers in our pick six competition, they fail me. Um, anytime you pick them to win the division, they fail. Anytime you pick them to go to the playoffs, they fail. This is a team that just lets you down over and over and over again. I've learned my lesson. I'm going under nine and a half for the Chargers. And if they prove me wrong, so be it. Uh, I think this is the last year for Brandon Staley. I think they go out and either promote Kellen Moore. I think they fire Brandon Staley. He might be the first coach gone this year, um, honestly, and Kellen Moore take over. But nonetheless, I don't trust them. So I'm going under nine and a half for the Chargers, even though on paper they should be one of the better teams in the league. Uh, they just have not been. Uh, all right, let's go to Las Vegas Raiders, uh, a team in transition, new quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Josh Jacobs is in. Um, it took him a little while to get there, but he's there. Devontae Adams, there's a lot of talk about him returning to Green Bay. Uh, so there's a lot of just controversy going on here in, uh, in, in Vegas. They got rid of their star tight end. They draft Michael Meyer uh, from Notre Dame. They bring in Austin Hooper as well. Defensively, Max Crosby's great. Chandler Jones is great, but he had a social media post bashing the team, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and they brought in Marcus Peters from Baltimore. They've got some people 
But, Dad, man, I just don't know what to do with this Las Vegas team. Seven and a half is the win total. Ah, man, seven or eight games seems to make sense for me. I don't know. How do you sit with Vegas? Um, I'll go over seven and a half again. As you know my feelings, I think they hired the wrong coach, and I think this may be his last year. Um, I don't think he'll have great success in Vegas, but they do have talent there. And uh, now Garoppolo, again, you know, I don't think he's a star quarterback, but he has won in places where he is. Uh, so I'll go over seven and a half. But, um, you know, Vega, things could unravel there um, because of the coach, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I, I my, my gut says go over, but I'm going to go under um, just because. Um, that's the AFC West. I've got it shaken down Kansas City, Denver, Los Angeles, and then Vegas. I'm sure you've got Los Angeles as number two team, but how do you break down the West? Yes, I have Kansas City, Los Angeles, and then I have Vegas and then Denver last. Um, I just don't think Denver's going to turn it around this year, but we'll see. Well, one of us will say I told you so at some point when it comes to Denver. Yes, I will. Uh, Let's move to the NFC, Arizona Cardinals. This is the stereotypical tanking uh, right here. Jonathan Gannon, the new football coach, uh, it, man, the video came out of his speech. It was ugly. But nonetheless, uh, starting quarterback for your Arizona Cardinals, Joshua Dobbs, former Tennessee quarterback. He's been in Pittsburgh. He's been in Cleveland. He's been somewhere else too, Jacksonville maybe. Uh, but now he sits in Arizona, gets the starting job due to injury, of Kyler Murray and the cutting of the original backup. And again, just a true sign of a desire to tank. It's not that they are have no talent. Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, uh, even James Conner still holding it up there. Zach Ertz at tight end, Trey McBride there too. They've got some talent, but they've got no interest in winning uh, at a corporate level at the very least. Defensively, uh, there's not a whole lot you can say about the defense right now either. Buda Baker is very, very good. Um, outside of that, I don't know. I don't love what's there. And uh, I don't see the effort being there this year for Arizona either. And uh, Vegas agrees with me. Their win total is at four and a half for the Cardinals, uh, with potentially the top two picks in the draft having their own pick and the Texans pick as well. Uh, how do you feel about Arizona tanking this season? Um, again, I, 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 I don't know that I think people tank. Um, there can be ownership, you know, I guess it does that or whatever. Again, they have a new coach there. So I think they'll be working on building a foundation, but I don't believe they'll be real successful this year. So I'll go under four and a half, and um, I think they'll have a high draft pick. Yes, the players are not tanking. Ownership is tanking. Management is tanking. And I believe the coach understands the assignment. Because if you want to build a foundation, well, you build it with Caleb Williams out of USC. And if you get the top two picks, you're building it with the top quarterback in the draft, plus possibly a top receiver or a top defensive uh, uh, lineman or whatever it may be. Um, that's how you build a foundation in today's NFL. And uh, I think Atlanta, I'll go under four and a half. I think it's four, uh, needless to say. But uh, yeah, I don't. I like Josh Dobbs, but I don't believe Josh Dobbs is going to do a whole lot for Arizona this year. Uh, speaking of teams who might not look so good, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you would think that maybe they could bounce back with a healthy Matthew Stafford, but Cooper Cup uh, is out this week and potentially, depending on what's wrong with them, could be out for a while. 
That'll hurt the the Rams for sure. Van Jefferson uh, is there, but that's not enough. Uh, Cam Akers is fine, but again, not enough. Defensively, they do still have Aaron Donald, uh, which always gives you a little bit of hope on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but honestly, they're just not the team that won the Super Bowl or really anything close to the team that won the Super Bowl. And their numbers at six and a half, Dad, could be another rough year in Los Angeles. How do you feel about the Rams? Uh, yes, I think it'll be a rough year. They are uh, kind of a shell of what they were. Now, again, if Stanford's healthy, um, you know, they may can make a little bit of noise, but not much. I'll go over six and a half, thinking maybe they can get to seven wins. Um, but that may be stretching it. I, 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 the Rams, I just don't, they're just, like I said, they're not the team they were and they don't have things going in the right direction. And again, you know, I don't know if the coach is set to stay there and rebuild it or, you know, he's won his Super Bowl and he's got a lot of other things he can do. Yeah. I, my guess is Stafford looks around and thinks, man, this looks a lot like the lions <laughs> when I was in Detroit, uh, Cooper cup went healthy, but yeah, he had Calvin Johnson too. Um, yeah, I, Stafford got a super bowl, so he's got to be happy with that. We might actually see Stetson Bennett get snaps this year, depending on how the season goes. I'm going to go under six and a half. I think they're in that five to six win range, um, as well. Uh, let's move on to San Francisco. This is a team that's getting a lot of buzz. A lot of people picking them as a Super Bowl team, uh, looking to them as a team that could really dominate in the West and possibly even in the NFC. Uh, when you look at San Francisco, you got to turn immediately to the quarterback. It's Brock Purdy. Came in last year, played well. Uh, he's not going to light things up, in my opinion. Uh, but the seventh-round draft pick, Mr. Irrelevant, everybody knows the story. He's got a lot of weapons around him. Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. George Kittle at tight end. Uh, Debo Samuel at wide receiver, along with Juan uh, Juwan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk uh, there as well. Offensive line is fine, not great. Defensively, of course, they just got Nick Bosa signed to the highest contract uh, as a defensive player. Fred Warner is great there at linebacker, and they've got some pieces as well around the defense that is really, really solid. Uh, so you look at that, and they added, by the way, Javon Hargrave as well to the D-line from Philadelphia. That's a huge addition. San Francisco's defense can carry them in the division. I'm just not a Brock Purdy believer as far as going uh, winning a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as your quarterback. I think he's fine, and I think he's he can, he can survive the regular season. I don't love what they've got, though, there. That being said, San Francisco's win total is at 10 and a half. I look around the division, and it makes me think, yeah, they can do that. They can get 11 wins. So I'm going to go over San Francisco, but I don't see them as a legit Super Bowl threat. How do you feel about San Francisco? Um, yeah, I'll go over 10 and a half also. Um, I agree with you. I think there's a question about Brock Purdy, and I think there's um, uh, in some ways a lot of pressure on San Francisco. Um, they need to make a move. You know, their time, they've, they've got a lot of good players, but if they don't, you know, produce this year, um, you know, they've kind of stayed the same, I think, in some ways. Uh, of course, Adam McCaffrey last year really helped. I think they'll do well because the NFC is not real strong um, from there, but I don't, again, I don't necessarily think they're the dominant team in the NFC and definitely maybe not one of the, 
top dominant teams in the NFL. All right. Um, let's go to Seattle. Uh, we talk about wide receivers. I love Seattle's wide receivers. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both incredibly solid. And they bring in the rookie in the first round, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has been cleared to play in week one. And so we will see him in week one. Kenneth Walker, the third, is a really good running back. Uh, the question mark comes to quarterback. Geno Smith had a fantastic year last year. I am not a Geno Smith believer, though. So that puts on a lot of negativity in my mind. Defensively, they've got some talent back there for sure. Quandre Diggs. They drafted Devon Witherspoon in the first round this year as well. Bobby Wagner returns to the team. Uh, Jaron Reed up front at nose tackle is going to help them out as well. And they've got a lot of rookies who are going to play backup roles on defense too. Man, I just look at Los Angeles and I look at Arizona and say, man, they're so bad. That could be four wins right there. The win total set at nine for Seattle. I think that's the number. So I'm going to go under because I don't think they get the double-digit wins this year. I think they're being overhyped. I think Geno Smith is being overhyped. So I'm going to go under nine wins, although I think nine is the number. How do you feel about Seattle? Um, I'll go over, but I think nine is probably about where they're at. Um, I've never been a big Pete Carroll fan at all, but um, – you know, they did well last year, and you look at the team, I, they have not digressed. I think they've added some pieces a little bit there and with some of their draft choices and everything. And, again, the NFC is not real strong. Their division is not real strong. So uh, I think Seattle will have a respectable year. Again, I don't think they'll challenge San Francisco. Um, but um, I, I have some reason, again, it's hard for me to pick Seattle, but I think Seattle's going to have a decent year and I'll go over nine. All right. So I've got it breaking down San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles, Arizona. How do you have the division breaking down? Yep. Same way there. San Francisco, Seattle, the Rams, and Arizona. All right. Let's look at the end of the year, Dad. Uh, AFC championship game. Uh, who's the two AFC teams you have sitting in the championship game? Uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Um, i That's actually what I was thinking, too. I hate saying the same thing. Uh, Kansas City obviously could be there. Um, I think Baltimore could surprise some people this year as well. Um, Jacksonville's always intriguing uh, there also. But uh, I'm going to say the same thing. Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo and Cincinnati in the AFC. In the NFC, who's your final two teams? Um, Philadelphia and San Francisco. Ooh, okay. Philadelphia and San Francisco, man, the, to me, the NFC is so hard this year. There's teams that I like, generally speaking, thinking, man, they could definitely do some damage. There's not a whole lot of people that are scary. I could go Homer and say the Packers are going to make it. I think they win the division and I think they could be scary once they get there. Um, I'm going to go with an NFC East battle in the NFC Finals, being Philadelphia and Dallas uh, in the Finals this year. Uh, Super Bowl, who do you have making the Super Bowl? Um, I have, I think this will be the year Buffalo, Buffalo does what they need to do. So I'm going to have Buffalo and Philadelphia. Oh, Dad, come on now. We should have talked about this beforehand. That's who I have as well, uh, <laughs> Buffalo and Philadelphia. Uh, that's scary. We don't have that that happen very often. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I I just think that Philadelphia is too good in the NFC compared to everybody else. I like their defense and their offense. And same thing with Buffalo. I think Cincinnati and Kansas City and Jacksonville, um, maybe even Baltimore could sneak in there. Uh, at the end of the day, though, at some point, they're going to make a Super Bowl, right? I mean, uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they got a solid defense as well. So I'm going to say the same thing. Buffalo and Philadelphia, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I'm going to have to take whatever you don't pick, I guess. Uh, who, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Uh, I would take Buffalo. Um, just again, I think this could be the year they go all the way through. Now, it won't surprise me if Cincinnati's the team, and I think Jacksonville's tough. But I, at this point, I mean, it's way too early to pick, but I would have to go with Buffalo. Oh, it's never too early to pick. Next episode, we're going 2026 Super Bowl winner. Um, no, I, I, I'll go Philadelphia. I probably would have went Buffalo, but I'll go Philadelphia. There's something about – I don't like their coach, by the way, uh, but there's something about him not – I'll say this, and it's not what I mean. Bill Belichick, like, not saying he's like Bill, Belichick in the way he acts. It's just that kind of guy that gets under my skin, yet he has success. And so I'll go Philadelphia in the Super Bowl over Buffalo. You've got Buffalo over Philadelphia uh, there as well. All right, we're going to get to our pick six in a minute. But first, let's go over fantasy tight ends. Uh, let's do this one quickly because most people have already drafted. Um, and so I'll give you my top four. Uh, actually, I'll give you my top three. I got Travis Kelsey one. And then I've got TJ Hawkinson number two. With the way that Minnesota's done their offseason, he moves up in, in targets, and I think he's a really good tight end, and I think he's going to score a lot of fantasy points. And then I got Mark Andrews three. So I got Kelsey, Hawkinson, and Andrews. Again, when you're talking fantasy, I've got Kelsey, Andrews, and Waller number three. Oh, yeah. I've got Waller down the list. Uh, I've got him at six. Um, being in New York, he's going to be the best receiver they have. Don't get me wrong. I always question his health, um, which always knocks him down a little bit for me. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. There's something weird about New York this year that has me really weary of, of anybody in the Giants organization. Um, I've got Kittle at, at four, Dallas Goddard at five. I think Goddard's going to have a really good year again in Philadelphia, being the number one tight end there, even though they have really good receivers. Um, I think you're going to see him go uh, as well. And then I'll just give you the rest of mine. I got Kyle Pitts in at number seven. At some point, he's going to break through. He's got to. David Njoku at eight. Cole Komet at nine. And Evan Ingram at ten. I wanted to put Ingram higher than Komet and Njoku, but I just there's something there as well. He got franchise tagged. It's not really what he wanted. Those kinds of things always worry me. So that's how I break out my top ten. Who do you have the rest of your top ten? Uh, I've got Kittle at four, Hawkinson five, Pitts six, Goddard at seven, Najoku at eight, Ingram nine, and ten. I have a tie. How do you pronounce the guy's name in Philadelphia? Or in Pittsburgh, I'm sorry. Oh, Fryermuth? Yeah, I have a tie between Fryermuth and Schultz at number 10. Okay, very interesting. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I'm interested to see how Fryermuth does in Pittsburgh again, second year, um, how that grows and, and potentially to be good for sure about that. Um, I wasn't ready to put him in my top 10 just yet, uh, but I, I don't mind it being there as well. 
Um, sleeper and bust on the tight ends. Who's your sleeper at tight end this year? I think it's Musgrave from Green Bay. Uh, he's going to get a lot of passes thrown to him, and I, I think I think he's going to score well. And I also had Ertz there at first. I thought maybe about him as a bust, but again, as you said, if a quarterback doesn't have a lot of weapons and everything, they throw to the tight end, and maybe Ertz might be a little surprising fantasy wise. Um, but Musgrave's my top sleeper. All right. I got Hunter Henry as my sleeper from New England. I think he's going to have a solid year this year, second year there. Of course, they traded John U. Smith, and so I think Hunter Henry's a guy I like there. Uh, my bust dad is Dalton Schultz, a guy who you had in your top 10. He goes to Houston this year from Dallas, and I typically like tight ends with rookie quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't know. I think he might get exposed this year. So Dalton Schultz is actually my bust this year. Um, who do you have as your bust? Um, I have Komet again, okay. um, from Chicago. <laughs> Some people are very high on him. Of course, I'm not high on Chicago and, uh, I don't think fantasy wise, he's going to get you a lot of points. I mean, I look at Komet and I go, they got to throw it to somebody. Uh, <laughs> DJ Moore is going to be double teamed. So I think Komet's going to get his points there, but Hey, uh, we're all entitled to our opinion. Uh, Dad, I'm going to have you switch audio because um, we got still a lot to talk about. I want to make sure we get it clear as possible. So I'm going to take you off and let you switch that over. He'll be back in just a second. I want to remind people about our sponsor, Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, I'm telling you, great texture jerky, some of the best texture jerky I've ever had. And uh, absolutely love Righteous Felon Jerky. They got the Baby Blues Barbecue, uh, which is really, really good. And I uh, would encourage you to go give that a try uh, for sure. And uh, hopefully you can enjoy some Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. You're going to use promo code BELLYUP. We're part of the Belly Up Sports Network. And so right, uh, use that promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. All right. Now we're talking about our picks. And each week, me and Dad are going to go. We're going to pick five, excuse me, six games each week. We're going to do the primetime games. Uh, every week, and then we'll also pick three games that we want to. We're using a um, platform called Run Your Pool, and I put the link out on, on Twitter this week. You can go click on there, join our competition. Each week, pick six games. You can pick any six games you want. Again, me and Dad are going primetime games plus three more, and I uh, would encourage you to come in, be a part of that, get to our social media at Sports Stove, and you can get more information about that as well. All right, Dad, we get into it. We got a uh, game starting on Thursday. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Tigers. Kansas City at home, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, which way do you go in this game? Now, I had heard the line had changed. Are we staying at six-and-a-half, or has it changed to five? Uh, according to our system, the number is six-and-a-half. Okay, six-and-a-half against the Lions. Um, I will take Kansas City. And the six and a half. I think they'll beat Detroit. Uh, even if Kelsey doesn't play, um, I, I think they'll be ready to go. Uh, I agree with you. Man, if I get it at five and a half, 
I take that any day of the week. Uh, but I'm going to six and a half as well. I'll take Kansas City uh, over Detroit. I think that game is going to be not pretty. Um, and I'm not sure why Detroit's playing on opening night of the NFL's kickoff. Uh, let's see here. The next primetime game is Sunday night. Uh, division battle, Dallas and the Giants. The Giants are at home with a three-and-a-half-point underdog in this game. Uh, we know that you don't say anything nice about Dallas. So uh, where are you going with this one? Um, I will take the home team on this one, the Giants. And um, three-and-a-half, again, I think they can be within a field goal even if they don't win. But I think the Giants um, – can win this one at home again you know big big division game so we'll see yeah that's a big surprise um i'm going dallas <laughs> minus three and a half uh, but hey i don't want i'm kind of trying to knock you last year uh i felt like you always picked favorites so uh, you don't always pick favorites but nonetheless you picked an underdog i'm proud of you uh, i'm gonna go dallas uh, on that one uh this week and then Monday night, it's another division battle. Buffalo at the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, first game officially as a Jet. And Aaron Rodgers is an underdog in this game. He's at plus two and a half. So Buffalo, the favorite on the road, uh, minus two and a half Buffalo. Which way do you go in this game? Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo on this one, even though they're on the road. Because, again, I think they'll be ready to play. And... Um, when, you know, I'm anxious to see how the Jets are going to do this year, but I, I, I'm going to take Buffalo. Yeah, I think game one, Buffalo is going to win this game. The Jets have a really good defense, uh, but week one, I think, is the time to get them. And uh, so I'm going to go Buffalo as well, minus two and a half. All right, so now we get three games. We get to pick whichever ones we want. Uh, Dad, I'll let you start. Uh, who's the first game you got picked? I'll take New Orleans over Tennessee favored by three and a half and new Orleans is at home. All right. I'm glad you did that. I went the opposite way of you on this one, dad. I, I went Tennessee at plus three and a half. I, you know, I'm not positive about Tennessee, but I, I new Orleans, I think is going to need some time. I've already talked. We talked about them in the division breakdown. I'm a little worried about their situation, even though I like Derek Carr, they are at home. That's all great and dandy. I think Tennessee is going to be ready for this one. And uh, and maybe New Orleans wins, but I've got Tennessee at plus three and a half on that one. Um, and uh, I've actually I've got all underdogs for these last three picks. Uh, who's the second game of choice for you? Uh, the second one, I'll take an underdog, which is Green Bay against Chicago. Um, I think Green Bay will win this game, and of course Chicago's favored by a point and a half. And um, so um, I like, of course, you know the Packers anyhow, but I, I, I really think this is a pretty safe pick. We've been saying it all summer. Packers are going to beat the Bears week one. I'm with you on this one, too. One and a half, it didn't matter what the number was. Packers are going to beat the Bears. And so I'm taking it one and a half as well. You and I on the same page on that one. Uh, Jordan Love, he's got some banged up receivers, and they haven't even played a game yet. Uh, but I still think Green Bay's got this one under wraps. I don't know if you heard this or not, Dad. Rashawn Gary apparently is about to sign a massive extension uh, in Green Bay as well. So four-year, 80-something million dollar extension. So that'll be uh, some extra cheese on the uh, bratwurst to get, get things going. Uh, but I'm there with you on that one, too. All right, game number three. Let's see if we pick the same game. Who's game number three for you? Um, I, I will take the Eagles. Um, they're on the road, but um, against New England, three and a half. 
Um, I, you know, again, New England's always tough to pick against in some ways, but I think the Eagles will be ready to play. So I'll go with the Eagles over New England. Yeah, that's probably safe. I, I went actually um, against the team that I think is going to be good this year. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're six and a half point underdogs to Minnesota. And I've been banging the Baker Mayfield drum here this offseason. So I'm going to put my, uh, well, not my literal money, but my money where my mouth is and go with the Buccaneers over Minnesota. Not, not only they're going to beat Minnesota, but I think they're going to uh, cover six and a half points there um, as well. Uh, you said Philadelphia, New England. Like I said, I think that's probably a safe, um, that's probably a safe one as well. Uh, all right, let's talk about the other games going on this week. And again, you can participate. Go to uh, Twitter at Sports Stove and click on the link there for our uh, Pick 6 competition. Get involved in that this week. Uh, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. A lot of question marks with Indianapolis. Rookie quarterback, Jacksonville, high expectations. Jacksonville, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, how do you see that game shaking out, Indianapolis and Jacksonville? I think Jacksonville could cover that. I mean, it is a, it is a division game, but I think Jacksonville's the real deal. And, uh, you know, Indianapolis has just got a lot of, a lot of question marks. So, um, I think Jacksonville can win that. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think they win it. I think they cover it as well. Um, they're just going to be the better team there week one. You know, it's one of those things you get a rookie quarterback. Nobody's seen film on him yet. Really? Uh, he played some in the preseason, so there could be a little bit of shock and awe, but ultimately I think Jacksonville gets that one taken care of. Uh, Washington and Arizona. I'm in a um, uh, survivor pool and a belly up survivor pool. And this is where I picked Washington, but that's not against the spread six and a half. I wasn't sure about that one, uh, but I think Washington beats Arizona. I think Arizona is going to be horrible this year. And even Sam Howell, who I'm not a huge believer in Washington's good enough to win this game. How do you feel about that one? Yes, I, Washington should win this game, and um, I'm interested to see, like I mentioned last week with the quarterbacks, I think how how might be okay, so we'll see, but I'll go with Washington. Uh, a couple of good games. San Francisco at Pittsburgh. San Francisco's the favorite. I think Pittsburgh might be able to take that one. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be better, and I think San Francisco's a little overhyped. Bosa has been out of camp. I'm sure he's still in great shape, but he hasn't even been around in practice. Therefore, it might be a slow start for San Francisco's defense. So I'm going to go Pittsburgh over San Francisco at plus two and a half. I think Pittsburgh's going to be better this year, no doubt about it. You said the game is at Pittsburgh. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, San Francisco, though, I, I don't know. That should be a really interesting game. To watch. I, if I was picking, I'd probably have to pick San Francisco, um, but I sure wouldn't have any problem with um, Pittsburgh beating them. Uh, the Battle of Ohio, Cincinnati on the road to Cleveland. Cincinnati is a two and a half point favorite. Joe Burrow for full participation and practice, so he will play. Uh, but he's been out for a while now. Do you trust Cleveland to beat, to beat Cincinnati, or do you got Cincinnati over Cleveland? Um, you know, this is always a great game here in Ohio, no doubt about it. I think the Bengals are going to have a good year. Um, I won't be shocked if Cleveland is ready for them in this one. But, um, you know, Cincinnati got a little bit of a slow start last year. Um, I'll go with Cincinnati, but this, could, this one could go either way and should be a great game to watch, maybe one of the best ones. 
I've heard a lot of the pundits saying the Browns are going to beat Cincinnati this week. That makes me say I'm going to go with Cincinnati in this one. Uh, a game that nobody cares about unless you're a Falcon or a Panther fan or you've got some of these guys on fantasy football. Atlanta at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites over Carolina. Uh, new quarterbacks for both of these teams. Atlanta has so much more talent overall than Carolina, so I'll take Atlanta at minus three-and-a-half. Uh, but I think I, I'm actually intrigued by this game. I want to see Bryce Young and what he looks like. Um, and I want to see Desmond Ritter and what he looks like. How do you see this game going? Atlanta, Carolina. Yeah, that'll be interesting with those two quarterbacks. I would think Atlanta would win because I think they're going to have a better team this year. Um, but I don't know that Bryce Young is not better than Desmond Ritter. So we'll be in a right. That'd be a good game to watch. Houston opens up on the road against Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is, I think, the largest favorite this week at nine and a half points. I don't know about that. I like I like Baltimore and what they can do this year. Again, I'm intrigued by Houston. I think they've got some really talented guys. Damian Pierce at running back. John Mechie uh, coming in as basically his rookie year at receiver. And, of course, C.J. Stroud as well. I think Baltimore wins this game. They should cover nine and a half. Uh, but that's a big number that I'd probably stay away from. Yes, I'd agree. I think Baltimore should win the game, but I think nine and a half is, is maybe too big to cover. Seattle hosts the Rams. We just talked about both of these teams. Man, especially without Cooper Cup, I don't have any confidence in what the Rams can do. I'll take Seattle in this one. How about you? Yes, I'll go with Seattle also. Uh, Chargers are hosting the Dolphins. Uh, Herbert versus Tua, uh, the the big conversation that you know Miami wanted wanted Herbert originally, all this good stuff. Who knows? Two and a half point favorites at home, Los Angeles. I like the Chargers. I just said I never picked the Chargers, but here we go. Uh, Chargers at home minus two and a half. How about you? Yeah, both teams. It's a big game. Both teams need to win this one. But again, I'm kind of more for the Chargers, even though I think Miami's going to have a really good team. But uh, I would have to pick the Chargers, but this could be a really good game also. Denver hosts Vegas. I already told you I'm in on Denver this year. It's a four and a half point favorite. I'll take it. Uh, Denver or Vegas for you? Um. I'll go Vegas. Uh, Again, I'm not a believer in Denver. And it's, of course, a huge rivalry game um, there. So, you know, I think Vegas will come out ready to play. We'll see. We will see indeed. All right. Uh, We're out of time this week. Each week we'll come in. We'll recap our pick sixes from the week before and pick the new picks for the week. Also, you can get involved in this. Go to the Twitter, at Sports Stove. You're going to find the link there uh, where you can compete with us. It is actually pinned to my uh, Twitter profile, so you can find it on there, at Sports Stove. Click the link. Get your six games picked and compete with the Sports Stove. We might even have a prize at the end of the year, depending on how everything goes. Uh, We're still working on that information. Uh, okay. Anything else, Dan, before we head out tonight? Nope. That'll do it. Like I said, exciting to start out with the NFL and be a good college football week also. All right. Uh, Sunday night, we got the sports stove. Actually, we're taking a break this week from the sports stove fantasy baseball show. We'll be back in two weeks. 
Um, then Monday, we'll have a live Sports Stove local hour recapping the EKU versus Kentucky game. Uh, looking forward to that. Hopefully, EKU can show up there. And by the way, um, thoughts out to Roy Kidd's family. Roy Kidd, a legendary coach at EKU. Uh, hospice has been called in for him, and it looks like his time is short. Uh, he's a legend here in this neck of the woods. Um, so thoughts and prayers out to his family. Uh, we'll be talking about the EKU Kentucky game on Monday with Ryan Jackson and a guest as well. Then next Wednesday, me and dad will be right back here, 8 o'clock p.m. approximately on Wednesday evening. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube or the audio version wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Go to RighteousFelon.com, get you some jerky. Use code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.